Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Sim Sundays podcast by Gridfinder. This week, we're back from the Sim Racing Expo. We've been spamming you with endless little mini episodes from the Expo, which has been a lot of fun, and we'll, we'll talk about the Expo in a bit. But I'm joined by the legendary, mythical Jardier. <laughs> welcome, Jardier. How are you doing? Hello, hello. Hello. Thank you so much for having me, guys. I'm good. Thank you. Good. Well, um, so I'm noticing that you're wearing a T-shirt that says just one more race, which is kind of ironic, right? Because how many races have you had today? Well, two, two, only two, basically. Only the two. But OK, but how long were those races? Well, one was 23 hour race, one was three hour race. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. OK, yeah. So so it's a it's a fair amount of racing straight off the back of uh, of Expo, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was been busy week. Yeah, I was getting uh, trying to get everything together after the expo, you know, like uh, getting back on emails and and work and everything, and, uh, and now grinding over the weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was watching some of your uh, your race earlier with um, with Eries, the, uh, the the Gran Turismo Gran Turismo Seven streamer, and turns out pretty decent ACC driver too. Oh yeah, yeah, it was great. It was uh, great energy together and uh, good fun. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's interesting to see people coming from different games and from basically like a different YouTube scene and uh, driving together. It's very interesting. Yeah, I was enjoying. Uh, I was enjoying watching it from from his point of view because from his point of view, when I first tuned in, I think I hadn't quite clocked who he was driving with, and I was like, "Oh, he's got a crew chief." I was like, "Oh, hang on, this crew chief sounds a lot like Jardier." <laughs> oh, I see. He's basically got Jardier as his own personal crew chief. This is pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I mean, it was great fun. I really didn't know what to expect, and after talking to Rory at the same expo, I knew it's gonna be good fun. So, yeah, I'm I'm glad it turned out okay. Yeah, it turned out very well. Well, I, I had to uh, I had to stop watching when you were. I think you you were up to about fifteenth. How did you finish? Uh, I think we finished P thirteen in the end. So nice. not too bad, not too bad for basically unexperienced Rory driver. His first ever endurance race in ACC in a car that he doesn't drive and on track he doesn't properly know. So I think it's a pretty good job. Yeah, I would say that's a pretty solid effort there by Rory. And it was great to it was great to meet Rory at the at the expo. In fact, we'll we'll get into the expo in a bit. Firstly. Thank you for coming on the show. I appreciate it. We spoke briefly um, at the expo last weekend about uh, the Sim Sundays podcast and you guys coming on. Um, and what we like to do at Sim Sundays is we like to kind of go through the story of you, like how you got here, how you became a streamer. So we'll try and stay away from the whole Twitch versus YouTube, ACC versus iRacing debates, but inevitably they will they will creep in um, and start with the beginning right so if you don't mind tell us how it all started what did you do before you were a sim racing streamer oh mate like like the thing is i'm doing sim racing like literally my almost whole life i i started like obviously i was playing all the types of games when i was a kid like everything since 90s and such but online racing i started doing in 2004 uh, my friend in school, he told me about this live for a speed game where you can apparently drive online against the other people. So I downloaded the demo, we started driving and I think it took like a month and we bought the game, we got ourselves the first wheels and we started driving online. Yeah, and uh, I was doing like a lot of, lot of, lot of, lot of racing for a very long time and four years ago, I think it is, or almost five now, I uh, decided to take it a little bit more seriously in a way that I just like enjoyed the content. I was uh, working at the Samsung uh, for quite some time and I had some free time. So I started watching like people doing YouTube and streaming and stuff like that. 
but I didn't watch any sim racing. And after watching some of the streamers, I was like, wow, this is really cool. I would like to do something like that as well. Because for me, it was really hard because like literally one of my friends did sim racing, but nobody cared too much around me. So what I really wanted was I knew I was like decent. I was doing esport races. I was racing like iRacing World Championship and stuff like that. But nobody around me cared too much. So I wanted someone to at least like see my hot lap and say, man, that was a good lap or something like that, you know? And uh, and I was like, wow, okay, I can maybe start doing this. And I, I literally like four or five years ago, I Project Cars 2 released and I was like, okay, I'm going to take it seriously. I'm going to start doing videos. And uh, I just, yeah, I just start learning it and started doing it. And it, here we are now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's crazy. I like, I can see just over your, uh, your left shoulder there, your YouTube ticker with the 94,000 subs. That's that's quite a, a serious progression in five years, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I never did expect that, to be fair. Like, uh, because, like, for first three years, I gained, like, 10,000 subscribers, I think. And then, basically, like, a year ago or two years ago, it blew a bit more. Right. So it's the classic grinding scenario where it's, you know, yeah. it takes a long yeah. time to kind of get yeah. that exponential curve. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, obviously, pandemic helped, I guess, you know, like, I started Corsa as well, like, was the main game I started playing. So yeah, like, it, it blew up, it blew up a bit. Well, I, I, you know, I'm really excited to go into some details here and ask you about all the games. But I kind of I want to know a little bit about your first ever broadcast. I, I, this is a question I've asked a couple of people, because I'm really intrigued about the first, the first time you kind of bought a webcam, you strapped it to, I don't know, your screen or like just something like the wall or wherever it is. And then you have to go through and you find out, right, if I press this, it, like, does this mean I'm live or not? Oh. Like, I, I, you check it on your phone. Like, tell us about your first ever video. I think it's so hard to tell because like, I, I, uh, I, since like 2012, I was putting like a hot laps on a YouTube, but it wasn't like, I didn't really didn't care. It was like, I basically uploaded hot up on a YouTube and I shared it with my friend, you know, that was the main, mm -hmm. main basically mm -hmm. thing, the reason I was using YouTube. And, uh, and first time with the camera was like, I think 2017 or something, I like turned on the camera and I bought the, like the cheapest Logitech webcam, like everybody was using that Logitech. Yeah, yeah. People still use it. I still have it as a pedal cam now, <laughs> the same very camera. And I used like, I had like headphones with like an absolutely terrible microphone, you know, and everything was like so, so bad, you know, like bad FPS. And I, mm -hmm. basically, like, I, I think if you ask almost every single content creator, they will tell you that they had like a, the shittiest camera, the shittiest computer, the, the worst audio and everything like that, you know? Because, yeah. yeah. Well, everyone's first stream is an experiment, right? I, I, like, yeah. I think there's very, very few streamers who are now yeah. at like 50,000 subscribers or more who like, knew from the very first video right this is this is what i'm going to do for five years and i'm going to grow it to this many hundreds of thousands of followers and it's going to be my career it's always an experiment yeah 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 like for, for me it never was like i didn't like care about the numbers too much for me it was basically i was do, like i'm doing semester for like i said 70 years now basically almost 18 years and i just love it so much i'm happy i can share it with someone else now you know i'm so happy we built like the community around it and it's just it's just so so nice to mm. to have this to have like the the feedback from people and such. But I really like didn't too much. Obviously, it's nice when it turns into your job. Yeah. But it never wasn't like it never was an idea basically for that. Mm -hmm. You know, it was just I just wanted to like at the evening just do some race or video or stream and see how it's gonna end up. You know. 
So what did you do in your first live video? Like what 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 game was it? What did you decide to do? So I think I, I did some like hot laps videos in Acid Corsa 1. It was like Lap on Road Shifle or something like that. And then Project Cars 2 released, and I was like, wow, this game is nice. I did really enjoy it. Mm. And I started doing uh, eSport in Project Cars 2 like, right when it released. It was uh, ESL eSport. Like, like, it was like one race on Sunday, and it was like for prize money. And I started recording myself for these races, and like doing the commentary. Basically, mm. exactly the thing I'm doing now. Yeah. <laughs> but just more, <laughs> worse quality, way worse quality, <laughs> worse English and everything. And... Uh, and I think when I reached, like, suddenly I, I get, like, I was having, like, I don't know, 100 subscribers or 200 subscribers for, like, years. It was basically all my friends and everything. And, and then I started doing these project cars, too. And suddenly in December, I gained, like, 1,100 subscribers. The algorithm like, found you. It was, like, absolutely <laughs> insane. It was, like, it was absolutely insane. And I still don't understand, like, how that happened, why that happened. I mean, it was literally one month, you know. Then it was way less the next month. Yeah, yeah. And, and for, like, two years. But that one month, suddenly, I get, like, 1,500 subscribers. It was, like, so crazy, you know. And uh, and then, like, four... And it's basically, I, I date my channel start, like, to that day. I think it's 2017, December. Like, I basically say that's where my channel started because, like, a month before or two months before, I started doing a little bit more serious videos. And and then I think March or April in 2018, I did my first ever stream. And it was all thanks to George Ortner. He was streaming Race Room back in the day. Mm. And uh, he like I was like watching his streams and I was like, wow, I need to try that as well. I think we did like race together and he was like, you should try to stream as well. You know, <laughs> and, and it was wild. It was crazy. Yeah, it's, it was uh, so weird and so awesome at the same time. And I immediately fall in love, you know, I'm yeah. like, yes. As you can see, I'm a talkative person. I like to talk, and and I never shut up. And <laughs> and uh, I I realized that I like doing videos. I, I I'm I'm very bad in making videos, but I like talking and doing stuff. And I feel like the streaming is just perfect for me because you have like the immediate interaction with people, and it's so nice. Yeah. So there's a couple of things there. The first the first thing I want I want to talk about is you know your first few streams where there's literally one or two people watching right every streamer presumably like most streamers unless they're a celebrity first most streamers will have to go through that period where yeah. they might have a whole stream where they're like well there's one or two people watching maybe like did you talk all the way through those or you know have you uh, always been the same or, or did you did you kind of pick it up as the numbers picked up i actually i think i was actually a bit lucky because i literally i think before my first stream i gained like 2,000 subscribers, so I had, I think, like, 2,000 subscribers before my mm. first stream. And when I did my first stream, I think we had already, like, 70 viewers or 60 viewers, like, that first stream we did. Wow. I think maybe it was plus 50, I think. I think we can still see it on some YouTube analytics. Mm -hmm. And I, I was actually checking it, like, uh, half a year ago, and I think it was, like, plus 60 viewers already that first stream. So it was, like, obviously so much easier, you know? Like, yeah. it was absolutely something else already, like... But I was lucky because I like I think in the streaming you you probably have to start doing videos first and then transfer it to stream or something. If you just turn on the camera now and start streaming, as you said, you will have that one one viewer, you know. So yeah. And did you did you always stream in English? Uh, yes, yes. Okay. I did one stream in Czech, but it was like for like a company they wanted to make like a. Uh -huh. I think it was Asura Corsa review, and they wanted to make a stream in Czech. It was so weird. <laughs> it was so weird. <laughs> it must have been quite confusing for your regular, uh, your regular viewers. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's interesting actually, because there's not too many streamers that I know of who's, who English isn't their their first language that that I've 
kind of um, watch. Would you say that has has streaming improved your English, or would your English have improved anyway? Do you, do you think it's have you been? Is it something you've been conscious of? Oh yeah, like I mean, I mean, I was obviously learning English since I was a little kid, and. Um always really liked it and i was watching movies and learning in the mm -hmm. movies and such but if you would watch my stream for from four years ago video and now you would probably see like a massive massive difference <laughs> that would be interesting and do you know what's kind of cool it's like you know so many people uh, they will learn english through tv right tv and yeah, movies that was me that was me yeah yeah i i wonder how many people have learned english through watching your stream games man mmo games and uh, uh -huh. and and, and uh, tv shows that was my school. <laughs> right. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. So Project Cars 2. You started, Project Cars 2 sounds like it's where the streaming career, if you like, kicked yeah. off. Where did it progress to next? Why, why did you move on? Because there must have been some kind of um, nervousness almost. You know, there's a lot of people that say if you, if you stream one thing and then you change to another, then, you know, the algorithm will hate it and blah, blah, blah. blah. <laughs> what, 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 tell us about your transition away from Project Cars 2. I mean, it was quite simple because so I was doing Project Cars 2 and Race Room because that was basically two main games. Plus, I was also occasionally doing iRacing, some some endurance race for like 24 Hour Le Mans, for example, and mm -hmm. stuff like that. But like my two main games was Race Room and Project Cars 2. So the transition like next wasn't too bad. Like basically, the, the thing is that the Project Cars 2 was like dying in a way. You know, yeah. the game like has a cult following though. There's a lot of people who love it, yeah, absolutely, yeah. I mean, and, I and even now swear by it. Yeah, me still sometimes remember with some of people of our community. We were like, man, those four years ago when we did the Renault Clio Cup or something, you know, it mm -hmm. was so hilarious because that game like was great. You know, like that game was honestly great. But why? Why was it? Why was it so good? Because you can race Renault Clios in a set of Corsa, right? But it doesn't yeah, yeah. seem to have caught on the same way that it did in Project Cars too. The online system was like very easy, you know, it was mm -hmm. like easy to host the races. The leaks were great. The netcode wasn't bad at all. The damage model was nice as well. You had the weather changes, the different night and day. And you could, as you say, you could drive Renault Clio on a Neutschleife, you could drive GD3, you could drive some Formula cars. And it was like a really good variability, you know, mm -hmm. and I think that's why it was good. And the physics wasn't bad at all. Like, honestly, I think like the, obviously when you compare it to ACC, the, the, the physics is obviously different, but yeah. it wasn't bad. You know, the physics was like drivable. And it was good fun, you know. And, I, and did I you think, try Project yeah. Cars 3? No, no, I, I haven't even tried. No, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> How come? I mean, because like, I don't know, like when you're old as me and you play games as long as I, when you see already some videos from the game, you uh -huh. immediately can tell if it's good or not, you know, and Project Cars 3 was immediately visible that was really bad you know that must so. have been kind of sad though given it like was, your like was. your like emotional attachment to project cars too yeah yeah for me it was really bad because i when project cars one if you i don't know if you remember but project cars one got basically founded by community right they did like a not kickstarter or maybe kickstarter something yeah, like that yeah, yeah. and i remember i paid like 30 euros for the project cars one as like, like a Kickstarter or founder or something like that. They actually paid me like 200 euros back in a, you know, back because they were like mm -hmm. giving the money back, you know, to the people. Yeah, yeah. And I was so happy how Project Cars 1 developed to Project Cars 2 because it was a really good game. And I mean, like, it was probably the best game back in the day. Like, obviously you had iRacing, but uh, then in terms of like other driving, this game was insanely popular. And it was really sad to see how it went down, you know, so then. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you, um, when you race, you, you, you know, you're one of these streamers who, uh, it's just as much about watching the performance as it is the entertainment, right? So, so some, 
you know, some streamers, it's all it's all about the entertainment. You go there just to have a have a laugh, and they're not bad races. Like they're probably very good races. Like I, I immediately Lawrence de Souza springs to mind. Like I watch his his racing, not necessarily to watch the racing, but just because he's very entertaining to watch. <laughs> but then if you watch someone like yourself or or Dave Cam, you're always you're always like racing at a particular level, and so you get this as a viewer. You kind of get an additional element that you're watching, which is kind of like you're, you're watching for racecraft. Oh. Would yeah, you, would yeah. you, would you, you know, is that like a conscious thing? Is that, is that, is that kind of like where you, where you're trying to position yourself or is it just happened because like you've just done that much and got that good? I, I don't know really. I feel like I'm trying like, so I feel like always I try to position myself in like an esport driver entertainer, you know, like something like in between. But yeah. I was always like, I always like when you, when you watch like a normal esport drivers, like, I'm talking like four years ago, not basically now, but it was like this, you know, they sat behind a computer, no word said, you know, 100% focus. Yeah. And basically always for me, it was when I raced with my friends, even when we did like a go-kart race, it was like, we were fighting for a P1, but at the same time, we were like waving at each other, you know, <laughs> and, and giving each other finger and whatever. It's just making like, like connecting with like fun, you know? Yeah. I mean, and, that must uh, be intense, though, right? Because yeah. like, when you're racing at that level, if you look... So, obviously, at the Expo, we had, we had that kind of, like, paddock area, and you could see everybody racing, and they were so focused and so intent. But you race at that level, but at the same time, you're, like, chatting to people on the stream, you're reading the chat, like, you're looking at YouTube. Like, yeah, you've got all this stuff going on. It's like, oh, one of the things I'm doing at the moment is the race. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, like, you have to be unique some way, you know, if you want to people want you, you know? So either, either you have to be super funny, like Jimmy Broadband, or you have to be, like, extremely talented in some other, like, fastest, like, Yarno yeah. Opmir, for example, you right. know? Yeah, like, yeah. it's, like, a two different... So, you know, so I'm trying to be, like, in the middle somewhere, like, driving decent and at the same time, and, like, showing the people that they can have fun while, right. while, while racing, you know? So at what point through this, this journey, then, were you, like, right, okay, this is... This, this is what I can do. I can now make this a thing. This is, this is no longer an evening's hobby. This is now kind of my main thing. Cause there must've been a point where you started to think, Oh, I'm getting close to this being a, you know, a viable career. Yeah. I mean, I never take it until today, like as a business thing or something like that. I always take like, I, I take it as a hobby, you know? So for, for me, it's really hard to, yes, it's my job, but at the same time, I basically take it as like my hobby. Mm. So I, I can't take it like too seriously in a, in, a, in a thing, you know, so I have a problem transitioning in this when I'm dealing with some companies who want to promote or who want to become partners, something like that. Yeah, uh, it, it's sometimes really hard for me to be like, OK, this is not just you driving, at the, like having fun, but you also have to like deal mm. with this and this and this and do some contract and whatever. So for me, it's very, very difficult, like very, very difficult. And the transition itself, like, was really difficult as well, because... Yeah, obviously, like, sim like if you want to make it in sim racing as a job, it's really, really hard. It's really difficult, and the transmission for me was, yeah, very hard. <laughs> I, so, I would say, like, I, I was waiting until the last moment I can do something like that, you know? Yeah. So, so why is it so hard? Is it is it because it, you know, is there an element of it like you're worried that this hobby that you're so passionate about might become a little tainted? by the fact that it now feels a bit more like work because there's contracts and meetings and was that the worry or was it something else? Yeah, I mean, I saw it in the past four years, you know, people come and go. So you can also also see that there is like, there are some people who are like, okay, CMA6 is going to be my job. And then they mm -hmm. put too much pressure on them and they burn out immediately, basically, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. So I think uh, 
like obviously the simacing is super super small compared to anything else in the gaming so like the people who are actually like making it as a living is i think you can probably count on one one hand or two hands you know yeah because it's it's literally like if you if you watch someone who is doing like I don't know Fortnite stream and they have twenty thousand viewers, it's completely different when you compare it to sim racing when you have hundred viewers, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but on the other hand, the, the audience is like very mature in the sim racing because sim racing is like very hard to get into. So it's also like advantage for sim racing. But yeah, this this is very difficult. Yeah. So what what's what's most important to you then, when as a as a sim racer who who streams and has a community around them? What's more important to you if you could either let's say, um, I don't know, win the race at Expo or gain an extra 10,000 followers. Like what's, what's, what motivates you? Is, is, it the, is it the viewer numbers and the community that you're building or, or is it the, the sport? For me, it's like a, like a satisfaction of the racing, you know? Like, uh, I've, like, obviously, like, the numbers are important, but at the same time, the numbers are not that important if you want to race good, you know? Mm-hmm. So for, for, for me... Like I said, I'm doing CMC for 17 years, you know, and uh, and people are like, man, you're streaming for right two years now, and you're doing it too much, you know, you're gonna burn out. I'm like, dude, no, I'm I'm not gonna burn out because I'm doing this for 17 years, you know. How do you think I keep <laughs> yeah. going, you know? And the thing is, for me, I am very good in finding competition that drives me forward. Mm-hmm. You know, I could obviously join a league where I will be P1 every single race, and I will be bored in the end. Yeah, and for me. It's better to have like insanely close race and finish P3 is much better than winning by miles, you know. And, and for me, it's like a personal satisfaction if you can beat the best drivers and and beat them and win them over them. So that's what I always try to find. Like I'm always trying to find the competition. Yeah. And and that basically keeps me going, you know. It's, it's, so it really is the racing that that's motivating you more yeah, than yeah, the yeah. the kind of the the entertaining. I mean, I didn't start doing this for for money or anything. I, I basically yeah. started doing this because I wanted someone to say, "Hey, good race," you know. And uh, until someone will ride that in my tent, I'm gonna be happy. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay. So so we uh, we we just uh, got back from the the sim racing expo at the weekend in Nuremberg, uh, done by ADAC. And huge shout out to Danny Juicer and his team at Kavana for organizing that because God, the guy. I've never seen a person look so stressed in all my life, <laughs> but he seemed to be uh, he seemed to be having a good time towards the the end there, and he created an incredible event. How was it for you meeting everybody? Oh, it was brilliant! Like I, I was brilliant because I was at the first Simracing Expo in 2014 in Nürburgring, and then my next Simracing Expo I was in 2019 at Nürburgring, and and then now, yeah. So obviously, like from completely nobody. Probably no no one ever knew me in 2014. Then in 2019, I had like, I don't know, 15,000 subscribers. And I was there for like an hour only because we were doing like a video with Cupra. Uh, and then going to Expo in 2022 was like, that was insane. Like, absolutely insane. So it was absolutely brilliant. I'm very happy it went well because a lot of people were obviously skeptical about a new location, but mm. I think it was perfect. Yeah. Obviously, uh, things could go better. But I think, like, in as it was, it was, like, a really amazing. And uh, I was very positive from all the weekend. I enjoyed it massively, and I honestly can't wait for next time. I saw, um, I, I, as we were walking through the, the paddock area around the stage, I saw you were getting stopped quite a lot by people for, for photos. How, how was that? I, I don't mind it. You know, like, I, I feel like... 
I know it's so hard to explain, but I never had issues with people taking pictures or being nice, and everyone was so welcome and nice and 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 everything. And it basically motivates you even more to do what you do. Because a lot of people say like that they've enjoyed the streaming, they enjoy the races and, and, and stuff, and it just makes you like like Back in the head, you're like, wow, this is great. I'm actually doing some good job, you know, because mm. because obviously when you're streaming at home, you see people in the chat and it's amazing because people are very supportive in the chat. But you also have to deal with the hating and, and stuff like yeah, that. And right. then you're in an expo or anywhere and you meet your viewers live and and suddenly they're like amazing, you know, like they're and, and it's like basically like you get like a that person in the chat gets the face. <laughs> and it's so real. Yeah. It's something yeah, so yeah. real, you know. Like it is crazy. That's very cool. And and you got to meet your teammates as well, right? You were racing while you were there, so you know, I, I had a similar experience. We were lucky. We we um we took uh, ten of our sim racing team to the expo, and I you know I speak to these guys all the time. They speak to each other like four or five times a week. Tristan, the team captain, you know, I spoke to on a weekly basis, and you kind of get close to to the people that you race with and the people that you work with through discord but you never really get to meet them and then that first time that you will meet it's it's it was kind of a for me it was kind of like a okay this is a big moment this is you know this is this is somebody who like I care about that I'm meeting for the first time but equally there was also this sense of like I feel like I've already met them yeah yeah 100% like I I have an experience in like meeting people like that because uh in like 2005, six, seven, I was a part of the Chick Sim Racing community in Air Factor One. And we always had like twice per year, like a meeting, like a LAN mm. event somewhere. And, and this Sim Expo really was like almost the same thing for me. So I was like, wow, this is exactly what I like. You know, it's great. And yeah, as you said, like it's, it's great when you meet your teammates. I, I love it. And as you said, like when, you, when we do like 24 hour races together, exactly, it's like you meet them and you're like, hey, I know you, you know, like yeah. I know exactly. <laughs> I know everything about you, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, what was it like racing in a booth? Because obviously you, you've raced from the chair that you're in right now, you know, countless uh, hundreds, thousands of hours. Like you probably wouldn't <laughs> want to add them up, right? But then you, you, you then kind of remove yourself from 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 that place and you go to a different country you go to the expo hall there's these little booths set up like you've got presumably a partner who's giving you a rig and it's a brand new rig it probably feels a little bit different there's there's people standing around you like how was how that to deal with it was too bad like i'm honestly i'm used to it because i did several esport events in the past so i have to like i have it in my head i know exactly what's gonna happen and how it's gonna look and it's obviously like a lot of fiddling, a lot of adjustments, yeah. and basically finding like something in together because one, your teammate likes this, that likes this, and you like this. So you have to like make like a meet minute in the middle. Mm -hmm. And did you, have to, did you have to do any of that with your Yeah, yeah, of course. Like my teammates, like I, I'm like, I was taller and, and bigger than my teammate, for example. So we had to like do the rig so it's not too far and not too close, you know, so we can like make it both together. And then obviously he's using different wheel settings and the graphic settings yeah, yeah. and so on. But it wasn't too bad, you know, it wasn't too bad in this. I actually did my personal best live the lap time at the event compared to home. So I was like, I was like, okay, maybe I have something said wrong at home. Yeah, know? that's interesting. <laughs> because how is that possible? I and, noticed that a lot of the teams had uh, had the shadows turned off. So when you as you're walking behind, I don't know if this is like an esports <laughs> thing. I don't know if this is like the there's a there's some kind of performance advantage they've worked out, but maybe six of the booths had the shadows turned off. So it looked yeah. like the cars were floating ahead of them. And I was like, oh, <laughs> is this some kind of like pro esports insight that we're getting here? 
Yeah, probably like an FPS. You know, like you always have to, you need to have maximum FPS, you know, for esport. Always. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. But it was good. Yeah, I said like, I, I like these events because you can also meet your teammates and also the opponents, you know? I think that's even more thrilling <laughs> in the end, you know? Yeah, Those people yeah. who wrote you are horrible, you know, and you meet them in the real life, you know, <laughs> and stuff like that. It's so nice, you know? Yeah, I mean, I'm and, sure it didn't happen too much. Did, did you yeah. manage to go around and speak to, to the other teams that you were racing against? Yeah, a bit. Yeah, yeah. Some some of the people, yeah. So, okay, let's talk about the uh, the exhibitors because the, exhi the exhibition hall was, uh, was very cool. I, I walked around it maybe two dozen times like just keep going to the same stands just seeing something slightly different there and for me there were some some kind of real standout st uh, booths and there were some standout products and there were some things i was noticing from the expo but what, what stood out to you yeah yeah i think it was good like for for, for me what stood out i mean it's hard i was sold in astatec already before it started mm. because my friend was working there I was like, I'm really, really looking forward to meet my friend after three years. We know each other online, yeah, you know, yeah. we never will be able to this meet is each Alex, other. who won the exhibit yeah, race. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And it was like, finally we can meet, you know. So I was like there all the time, you know, in the tech booth. And uh, then uh, what I really like, I, I did like Logitech. Like, mm. I'm not like, personally, I'm not the biggest Logitech fan, but I did like the booth was connected with SGP. Mm. And I have a very close with SGP because they are organizing basically our league or helping us with our league. So it was so many competitions they had there. Like my teammates won like five headphones, you know, in, a, in those four days. <laughs> nice. So, uh, yeah, they had the, they had a very loud announcer. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for the whole weekend. <laughs> yeah, that was very so, cool. What, what about products? Did you see any products that stood out? I feel like the SimQ pedals were like probably like the best shocker, right? Or like the yeah. most interesting thing that everybody wanted to see and try. You know, two and a half thousand euro pedals. You know, like you have right. to try or see that, right? Yeah, yeah. And what then did you I think? really, yeah, it was like okay. So in, I don't understand why would I need three pedals like this, mm -hmm. right? But uh, the ABS on a brake pedal when I was braking in the spa was the most real feeling I ever had from the pedal compared to real race car. Like that literally, when I was, I was driving a few months ago, I was driving GT4 Porsche, and this was like, let's say 97% the same feeling that I have in a race car. So I would say that pedal, that brake pedal was like 100% worth the price, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I, so I thought the same thing. I, when, before I got to the expo, I thought that uh, the SimiQ pedal was going to be the, the standout, the headline. That was going to be, yeah. it was going to steal the show for the weekend, <laughs> right? And uh, I went and tried it on the, 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 on the Thursday, and I thought the brake, as you said, was just incredible. It is their next step in sim racing yeah. technology. But actually, what I was quite surprised about was the, uh, the throttle pedal. So, the, I mean, the clutches, I mean, they, they didn't put a clutch in because it's basically, it's basically pointless to have a, a force feedback <laughs> clutch, right? But the, uh, the accelerator, I felt that I was getting more feedback through the accelerator than I thought was mm -hmm. possible. So, for, just for, just, I've just realized, for people that don't know, SimiCube have just released two, uh, sorry, just a single pedal that has force feedback in it. You could use all three uh, together as the accelerator brake and, 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 and clutch, and you can map them to feel like different cars. And the idea is that they give you feedback. So the brake pedal, for example, you'd get ABS. And, and, and the throttle, the throttle was the bit that, that surprised me the most because I wasn't expecting to. So I haven't ra uh, raced a GT4 Porsche, um, unlike yourself, but I have raced uh, an Enduro car, 4KA, which, you know, very similar. <laughs> 69 brake horsepower, it's a beast. 
Um, but the, uh, the 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 throttle pedal is like you know there's, there's just nothing to it, absolutely nothing. It's just you just you you just feel nothing. So I was like, what am I going to feel through the Simucube pedal? But actually, I was noticing that you could feel when the tires were starting to lose grip going around a long medium speed corner, mm-hmm. uh, or if you hit a curb, then you'd get like a bit of feedback to 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 let you know that you'd hit the curb. Now, yeah. it added to the immersion. I don't know if it's going to add anything to the performance, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I did like that as well on the throttle. I, I, I liked, as you said, like when you were going the curb and such, that was really interesting to have that feedback. I did not like the TC because like in, when you're in a real race car and you put the throttle on a mic and there's a TC, it doesn't give you anything, you know? Mm-hmm. You can hear like bum, 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 or something about that, but you don't feel anything in the pedal. But as you said, on the curbs and such, it was so... It was such a weird, different feeling, you know? Like yeah. I can imagine like I can imagine like a full motion rig, these pedals, like a VR, and you're like in a race car. You, you know? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Or you need just like one of those haptic suits, like you know the, the Tesla yeah, suit yeah, where yeah, they simulate yeah. they simulate G force, and then yeah, you are basically basically racing. Exactly. Yeah. So completely opposite end of the spectrum from two thousand euro pedals, we also saw Coffee Racer turned up with a with a stand. I think they turned up halfway through the Saturday. Did you see them? The coffee tables. That- no. The transport. No. Oh, right. I am so sad because I <laughs> I know I was walking past them, and you said they they were not there on Thursday. No, right? they well, they weren't there on Thursday, yeah. and they they weren't they would they turned up very late on Friday, and they weren't even they didn't even finish setting up until about halfway through Saturday. Oh no! <laughs> well, yeah, I I remember like Saturday evening, I was walking like going to uh, Gomez Wheels, and I saw that. But I didn't like. I, I thought it's like a relaxing area. Yeah, I thought it's like a, like, like a place to chill or something, you know. <laughs> and I just walked past it. And then like on Monday or Tuesday, when I was home already, people are like, "Did you see the coffee racer? It was so funny. It was so good." I was like, "What? No, I didn't." You know, it's a very cool concept. The idea is that uh, yeah, you have a coffee table and you, and you pull it out, and it's like a it's like a rig that you can pack away in your living room <laughs> if you haven't got the space. Surprisingly. It, it it's really quite rigid like there was very little yeah. like give in the in the in the uh, i don't know what to call it the rig the cockpit the the coffee table <laughs> like the table. What, yeah whatever you would call it i heard um, only positive things only positive things from it yeah it was very impressive now the thing that stood out to me the most i thought it was going to be the simicube that would be the the lasting impression from expert but actually for me the big takeaway was how big the growth has been in acetech from last oh, yeah. year to this. So last year, I, I remember seeing the Invictus pedals at Nürburgring last year, and they were in somebody else's booth, just in the corner, a glass case. That was it. So they didn't even have their own booth. They shared somebody else's. And I remember thinking, oh, that, they, they look good. They look very different. They have a very particular style, like black and red. And I was like, oh, that looks nice. Like, you know, a higher end pedal. It, sounds, it looks like it's kind of a little niche company that's doing very specialist. Oh, that's cool. Didn't really think anything of it. And then this year, bang, they've got like, the biggest stand they've got this huge stage with the led lights behind it oh yeah and an entire range of like sim racing electronics like mental yeah yeah unfortunately it wasn't last year at expo because of the pandemic but that's what exactly what i heard you know they, they went for like a little box basically a fell they went to like <laughs> yeah. a massive you know music and party and, and the champagne car. and race yeah. car you know so yeah i mean it's great to see i feel like it's obviously you can see the future of the companies in a good hands probably yeah i mean they mean, they mean business yeah exactly and the product looks good so I feel it's good, you know. Like honestly, I was like pretty shocked as well. I was like, "Wow, you know, like this is amazing." Did you um? Did you have a go on the? Well, I say have a go on. You couldn't. You couldn't do it with your foot, but you could do it with your hand. The ABS pedal. No, no, I haven't. 
Oh, okay. So they had so they they had the ABS pedal out, and it was interesting because obviously you had SimiCube with the pedal with the force feedback, and then we had the Aztec pedal, which had an actual ABS pump attached to it. And the the, the line was, well, "This isn't simulation. You can't tell us that this doesn't feel like ABS because it's an actual ABS pump attached to the brake. So you can't say it doesn't feel like ABS because it is ABS. It's attached to the brake, and it, there wasn't uh, there was no like working prototype there that you could go and try, but you can kind of lean on the stand and you could put your hand on it and feel the feel the vibration. But it was interesting. It's interesting to see that I think the hardware companies, like a lot of sim racers, have come to the conclusion that we've kind of almost reached the pinnacle of what you can expect from a wheelbase and a wheel in yeah. terms of technology. There's, there's not a lot else you can do to simulate racing a, um, a car, but actually the pedals is one area where you can still innovate. Yeah, it's very interesting because, uh, as I said, I was on the first Sim Racing Expo in 2014 in Nürburgring, and back then you had only Fanatec and maybe some Bogdan, uh, I can't remember, Bogdan something pedals. And that was it. Then you had only motion rigs. Like it was like a big thing back in the day. Like everybody had like motion rigs, you know, like yeah. all kinds yeah, yeah. of rigs. But everybody had like Fanatec, or and that was basically it. And and now you can see eight years later how you have like one place with little motion rigs, and then you have so much in like uh, epic wheels, uh, direct drive bases, and is like improving the pedals, getting like a real ABS force feedback in the pedals. And stuff like that. It's so crazy how it like shifted from from one motion rigs and then VR a bit and, and then yeah. now into like an insanely advanced equipment. Yeah, it's very cool. And and I think the um, I think in the short term the advances we're going to see, the big advances we're going to see are, are just the prices coming down for that for that kind of immersion, that kind of technology. Oh, yeah. So force feedback in pedals going from you know two thousand euros to hopefully somewhere like <laughs> two or three hundred euros. It's going to take a while, right? But Hopefully that's the next um, kind of short-term advancement. But let me put you on the spot. Unfair question. Fast forward to 2028. What do you think the biggest difference is going to be in sim racing hardware in 2028 compared to now? Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> <It's> like, <I'm, laughs> no, I honestly like, I, I, I think in 2028, what we're going to see is going to be more connection with real racing. I think the equipment is going to be like, as it is basically... I don't think it's going to go that much forward in eight years or six years. But I feel like there's going to be more connection with the real racing because like we're obviously seeing that more and more and more. And I think that's going to be in six years going to be even on a more different level, you know, in this in this area. Yeah, well, I have a theory. I have a theory that the next big thing after pedals is going to be mixed reality. So you, I don't know if you saw Vaj, Vajo, Vario, I'm not mm -hmm. sure how they're, they're pronounced, but they have this concept of mixed reality, right? So you wear the headset, but you can actually see your hands and your yeah. wheel. So you can use all the buttons. Let's say, let's say you have like a Gomez wheel, right? You spent however many hundreds of thousands of euros on one of those absolute beasts of a wheel. They look awesome, right? And then you put a VR headset on. You're like, okay, great. I can't see it. I can't see any of the buttons now that <laughs> I've just spent all this money on. So like, it's completely pointless. But with a mixed reality wheel, you would see your Gomez wheel and your hands. But immediately behind them, that's when you see the game. Oh yeah, that's that is interesting. Yeah, they, they could be good, or like a like a as you said, like a haptic suit or something. You know, that will give you like a more um, more feeling into the car and such. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I know Tesla suit, not related to the company Tesla. I found out recently. I thought they were. They're not. Different company, also called Tesla, do the Tesla suit, and they're trialing like this haptic feedback, like pumps 
that go in this suit and it's a full body thing so you feel g-force and but here's a question i i wonder with some of these advances in technology i think the things that will limit the kind of the 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 mass appeal for them is how they don't add to performance and but what what i mean by that is you can add all these things like the haptic suit for example will make it feel very immersive but it's not going to give you an extra couple of tenths on your lap time yeah 100 percent. like 100 percent. i feel like uh if you want to buy a motion rig, it's absolutely perfect because you will get close to reality. But in the end, I don't think it's going to make you faster at all. You know, maybe the other way around, most likely. But I think it's like, that's not where the market like wants to go itself. Mm. I think they're uh, doing this stuff to, to prepare you for real racing. Or like if you see like the motion rigs and stuff like that, it's basically getting sold for like companies that are doing something around cars. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So uh, I think it's going that way. And then you have like a separate thing that's like what you have at home. Yes, yeah. yeah. And I think I think there's you know there's 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 two main players here that are gonna are gonna kind of influence the domestic home sim racer market more than anyone else. And it's Moser and Simagic. I think the fact that those two are entering the market means that the prices across the board are going to have to come down, right? I mean, it depends, right? Because at the same time, you have, for example, Simicu, who shows you 2,500 euro <laughs> pedal, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's, I think it's the biggest difference in a couple of years now that everyone, like, including Fanatec and such, was trying to push the prices down. But, and so you have, like, I don't know, you have Fanatec CSL DD, which is, like, mm -hmm. supposed to be, like, really good for price and, like, for, like, a advanced and, like, a rocky driver. And on the other high, other side, you have, like, a Gomez wheels, for example, which are, like, massively advanced, I don't know, 1,500 euro wheel and 2,500 euro pedal and stuff like that. I feel like what actually it shows that the there's a big amount of people who buy these things and, therefore, you can see the market you have obviously one part of the market that wants obviously something cheap and available. And then you have the part of the market, which we probably don't even see ourselves, you know, uh, that buys like really expensive things. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And yeah. Well, very... we saw Vasaro there, Vasaro and D-Box. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, like we, we, we see, like you go to Expo, you see, wow, this rake is 80,000 euros. And you're like, who would buy that? You know, like, you know, <laughs> and, and, and then, if you would be more into it and deep into it, you will find out that the uh, showrooms and car companies and racing teams and racing drivers and, and it's like a massive, a completely different market separated from sim racers. And it's it's obviously massive because otherwise these companies would not exist anymore. I was just about to say, Vasaro <laughs> were there at the Nurburgring last year and this year they were there with an even bigger booth. So they, clearly like some 2014, people... Some... 2014, there was Vasaro there as well. So. Exactly. Well, I mean, and of course, it's it's um, it's no secret that Vasaro have just provided the F1 arcade with, what was it, 40 rigs or something? Exactly, with their yeah. bespoke F1 monocoques, which I don't know if you saw them or tried yeah, them, yeah, but yeah, they yeah. are saw, yeah. very nice. They are shiny, beautiful... <laughs> Like motion motion rigs, they looked, they did look, uh, they did look incredible. I have a I have a friend uh, that created a company basically of these motion rigs, and I remember like eight years ago, I was like, what the hell, you know, why is he doing? Like he told me like a price, he said like this is like seventy thousand euros. I was like, you know, like who who buys that? And now he's racing in you know, a real race cars, and uh -huh. he has like a massive business around it. So it's 
you know, we see the sim racers as we are online and look at our equipment. And then, as I said, we have like completely different side of sim racing with these massive companies yeah. and something we don't see that are working behind. Yeah, it is, it's, it's very cool. And it's kind of like um, the way I see it, and, and this might be a completely like inappropriate comparison, but you know, in the same way that like the, the, the technology in our TVs like came from the space race. I feel yeah, like yeah, the technology yeah, yeah. Us, on our sim rigs at home is coming from these from these race teams wanting their bespoke solutions, and they kind of trailblaze the technology, and then it kind of trickles down to the the lowly sim racer in the bedroom or the cupboard under the stairs, to use the Harry Potter phrase. Yeah, yeah, agree, I, agree, I, agree, I, agree. It's very cool. So let's talk about real racing. You have ambitions for real racing? Oh yes. <laughs> I, I, so I, I used to be racing very long time ago. I used to be racing, but obviously real racing is very, very expensive. So uh, ever since I tried to get back into real racing, so I was like working and trying to get up the working ladder and everything. And in the past two years, I probably got the closest I ever been since 2006, literally. So in the past 16 years, the closest I ever been to real racing. And I have definitely some ambitions. And my main goal right now for myself is to lose weight and get in a shape. And within two years, I would like to get uh, into racing. Yeah. <laughs> I've been, I have, I have to, I've been watching your progress on Instagram. Actually, you, you post quite a lot when you go to the, to the gym oh, yeah. and you do, your, <laughs> you do your sessions. Does that help? Does it help to kind of, is that like a, is that like a way of um, like, kind of like holding yourself to account in a way? Yeah. 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 Because like uh, for me, I'm like a man of my word and basically what I say on a stream or do like tell my chat or my community, I have to do it, you know? So yeah. I, I just, it helps me so much, you know, it helps me so much with the motivation it, and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So let me, uh, let me, let me jump forward again then. So in the same way that I said, if you could go forward in time, five years, what would be the different biggest difference in hardware? What would be the biggest difference in your career? Like, if you could plan out the next five years, where would you want to be in five years? That's, that sounds like an interview question, doesn't it? That sounds, oh that, that sounds like you're applying for, like, a university. But it's an interesting one. I want to be alive, healthy. You know? <laughs> okay, I mean, you're setting, the, you're setting the bar fairly... Well, I was going to say fairly low, but healthy is, yeah, healthy is important. No, oh, okay. So, like, if you just talk about a racing and not, like, a real life and such, if you talk about, like, this only... Uh, I would be I would be like in shape physically, so I would be like very health healthy and health and good in this. I would mm -hmm. be racing in real life, uh, like normally, like I do proper seasons. It'd be really nice to have at least like two hundred thousand subscribers. That would Ooh, be, be like five years, you know. In five years, make double. So that, that's my little target. That'd be very cool. And still doing what I'm doing, you know. Maybe on a better games now <laughs> in five years, you know. So like Asuna well, Corsa Competizione two or uh, stuff Rent like Sport. that. Rent Sport, obviously. Asuna yeah. Corsa two overall and and stuff like that. So that would be that's what I would like to do, you know. Just just be here and do what I do today, but in the future will be still good, you know. I mean, that sounds like a very wholesome set of goals to me now uh, we can talk about Rensport and, and ac2 um, and what you think is coming around the corner but first just while i remember you're six thousand followers away from a hundred thousand what have you planned for the celebrate you've got it you're going to celebrate you're going to do like a, a party stream like you've got to do something right uh for three years i have a same thing i have one thing which is like a meme thing on our community 
for three years. We had like, when I hit 100,000 subscribers on a merchandise page, we could all release a Simbra, which is a bra for fat sim racers like me, <laughs> you know, so they can feel confident in racing. This is like a meme thing. And the second thing which we like keep saying, bra. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What we, what we keep saying for the past three years, and I'm saving myself for that because I, I already got several offers to do it, but I basically said no to everything. I never drove on Nordschleife. And oh. it's always like my massive dream track. I have yeah, been to River yeah, Crink. Yeah. I have been to River Crink like five, six times. And I got like many offers to drive. Mm-hmm. But I just hold myself for 100 subscriber, thousand subscribers. I want to wow. get like a, I don't know, BMW M3, BMW M4, put like a camera inside and do like a, like almost like on a stream, like a commentary first virginity lap, you know, all around River Crink. That is very cool. And I mean, you said earlier that you're a man of your word. I mean, uh, I don't know if there's many people who would be offered to drive a lap of the the, the Nordschleife and be like, no, no, sorry, I've, I've promised my Discord community <laughs> I won't until I'm at 100,000. That's some serious self-discipline, some serious yeah. like commitment there. Yeah, I, I try, you know, I, I said, like, I, I, when I say something on stream, it must be 100%, you know, so. Nice. Love it. Okay, so let's talk about Rensport and AC2. What, what do you think? What do you think? what can be worked on you know the the car the physics models can be iterated on more tracks more cars you know tournament systems what what do you think is going to be the the big new thing <laughs> I, I, right. I think the next new thing is going to be if someone will copy like Azure Corsa Competizione and combine it somehow with iRacing and they will have a baby that's going to be probably the best game ever <laughs> you know I, I don't know it's so hard like it's it's so hard because like everybody wants different thing, right? Like, yeah. it, it, like obviously, I want different thing compared to some other. Like, some people say they they want to do some historical racing, and mm-hmm. and it's like, like you have to understand the market. You have to understand like what people want and what is popular. So, like a lot of people are like, oh my god, everybody's racing GD three now. You know, blah blah blah. GD three is so bad, but it's <laughs> the most popular thing, right? It's like yeah. playing yeah, F one, yeah. you know, or driving F one. So, um, I think. Like a combination of like Asura Corsa Competition and iRacing would be like a really good. Mm. And then like listening to the community and improving the game in a way they will enjoy it more, you know? So like a proper safety car, proper online system, uh, and, and so on, so on, you know? Like I yeah. think like it's so hard to tell like what we actually want more. From, yeah. from from the game because like for example Astro Corsa One is like a perfect game but it's like a bad online system bad uh, netcode and it's quite old now mm. but if you like basically refresh it it would be again great because it's modded modded uh, system right and iRacing is obviously a super great game it's absolutely perfect simulator but it's I don't know 15 years old and the engine is honestly showing more and more how old it is mm-hmm. so iRacing if suddenly would become on a new engine i think it would blow away again oh and but you'd all have you'd, you'd have you know? to you'd have to all pay for new subscriptions though wouldn't you <laughs> yeah, they no, would, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't just follow on it would, yeah, you'd yeah. Have, you did a whole you'd have to have to you'd have to buy the premium tier if you wanted the 2.0 version yeah exactly and i think <laughs> this is like very important for me like because this when we were talking about the project cars 2 like project cars 2 was a great game and then suddenly developers like stopped doing anything and they basically let the game die you know with no updates nothing and i feel like everything is getting so great updates and going forward acc got some updates going forward but i think there's always like a limit where you can like mm. milk it until yeah. you have to do something proper right like, yeah like for yeah. example iRacing obviously i don't think in 10 years we will see iRacing as it is now but it has mm. to be completely like iRacing 2.0 
in yeah. for example Unreal Engine or whatever, you know, uh-huh. like a completely new game because I don't think anybody will want to play twenty years old game, you know, anymore. No, well, I, I, I I'm kind of excited by Rensport because I, yes. I, I can't put my finger on why, but it feels like they're genuinely building with a blank piece of paper. It feels like they're they're not trying because the set of course like, I love a set of course. A set of course I think will always be my my favorite. I, it's the one that I just turn on if I want. If I've got twenty minutes, I just want to yeah. do some laps. I do a set of course. I absolutely love it. I love that it's kind of driven by the community. Um, it's my favorite. But I do think that Rensport has this kind of like magic dust sprinkled over it, and I can't put my finger on why. But I think it's going to be innovative in surprising ways now i know that there were some horrible uh, well it depends on your take on i suppose nfts and crypto right but there were some rumors that that was the direction that they were gonna they were gonna go right uh, yeah obviously like that was the one thing i think they did really bad you know when they did this like news or info or whatever and it blew i think maybe it helped because the they said something which they immediately put away from the table but it blew up with the game you know, so everybody was talking about it, but now it also gave it like a bad uh, name because everyone, every, when you mentioned Rensport, everybody's like, oh, it's the NFT thing, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So I personally can't say too much about Rensport because I'm actually in a secret Rensport group where Ooh. like we go like getting feedback and everything about stuff. But I haven't even tested the game yet. I have it. I have like all the new updates and everything, but I haven't tested it yet. I'm very looking forward to try it. But... I really can't wait to see it when it's released. I, mm. I think, as you said, like, it looks interesting. I think it's going to bring something new. And I feel like, like honestly, we don't, as a simulation, we don't need too much to be happy yeah. for several years. Like, if you, if you basically look at Azure Cross Competition, like, basically the game is almost the same for past, I don't know, two years with some little updates, but we still love it. Mm. And iRacing is literally the same. I don't want to say same, so I don't like piss some iRacings. But it's very similar <laughs> to what yeah. it used to be many years ago. It's just getting a little updates, you know, now mm. and then. And I think like and new tracks, new 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 cars, obviously. And we are like being satisfied. So I yeah. feel like to make us happy, play a new game is not that hard, you know. Mm. If if you if you let's say if you take Astro Cross Competition physics or like a GD3 physics. And combine it with like a iRacing online system and like being amazing in all these updates and everything. You you create already like a good game. And if you yeah. give it something extra, then I think it could be like big, you know, like very big. So I'm so very interested about Astro Corsa 2, for example. Yeah, me too. I was, a, I was able to, at Spot24, I was able to talk to Marco Masaruto mm-hmm. and... Like we were talking about it, he was asking what I would like to have in Asura Corsa 2. And basically everything I can't say, but whatever whatever <laughs> I said, he was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. You know, like, like you know, like I was like, okay. You know? <laughs> I, like he was like basically like confirming, you know, like winking, you know, like, yeah, yeah, we're gonna have that, you know. Like it's like, okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I feel like obviously honestly, I think it's very nice because after some time, I think the simulators actually have something to look forward to. Mm. Because, like, obviously, everybody wants to see Astro Corsa 2, first of yeah. all. Yeah. And after Rensport got showcased and everything, I think everyone is also interested to see that, you know? Mm. And uh, Yeah, because it's interesting that Rensport showcased with, like, GT racing, right? They, they, yeah, they kind yeah, of, yeah. It, it was, so that, that was interesting that that was the first thing they showed, because it, yeah. it looked good, right? The graphics looked good, but it was... GT racing again, so people. I think, yeah. but with NFTs. So I think, yeah, I think it's, it's interesting what you say there about um, is did they did they kind of launch the concept in the 
in the right way. But then is there, you know, there's no such thing as bad press, right? Everybody was talking about it far more because of the NFT <laughs> thing. And then they were like, oh, no, 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 that's not what we went at all. So, yeah. but there's something else that was quite interesting that you said was about um, listening to the community and being open with development. Like there's a, a the Subnautica, if you've ever played Subnautica or Subnautica 2, yeah, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. so they develop uh, completely openly, as in you can go on and you can see their developers' to-do lists. Mm-hmm. Like they have a, like, you know, like a Kanban board where you move yeah, tasks across. Yeah. So they have their version of that for the developers is open. So you can mm-hmm. see, oh, they're working on this bug and they make notes like, oh, we've got a problem with this, but we need to wait for this and then blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, we're going to add this feature. And then the feature is just like written. So the, you know, <laughs> so, so the gamers can be like, oh my God, look, they're about to add whatever it is to the game and they reckon oh. it's going to take about three weeks. And then when it's in progress and then when it's in testing, they're like, oh, the alpha testers have got it, the beta testers have got it. Like, that, I mean, that concept, I think, would be incredibly interesting and incredibly effective because sim racers are a tough crowd, right? Yeah. Sim racers care. Sim racers want to know exactly what is going on behind the scenes because they're also, like, we're all techies, right? We all love data. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, so like, of all the gaming crowds in the world, we're the most, in- exactly, we're the most invested in like, the technical side of the games. So I think whichever studio is the first to kind of do a proper open source development where you can see what's going on i think that will kind of win the hearts a little bit of the of the sim races yeah i think like as you said like for us because we like numbers i think it's so great because we know in here almost two years we will have at least two great games coming Mm. from sim racing which is like amazing right because you usually don't know that very well and such yeah and second of all i would like to follow with that like as you said with the subnautica that was one of the things that i hated uh, liked sorry liked and loved the most about acc when the game entered like their early access, they were like, okay, in three months, we're gonna release the full game. And they had like a proper roadmap for upcoming, I think year and a half or year, whatever, like Q1, Q2, Q3, Q4, what's gonna mm. come in, like, yeah. we're gonna get these three cars, these two tracks and stuff like that. And everyone loved that. I never mm. loved that. And I can feel like, personally, because I'm involved very much in the ACC community, or community what we hate, as you said, is basically being, blind or like yeah. blank yeah, you know? yeah so when when suddenly the game for five months it's getting no update and there's no information and you have no idea what's going on you're like hmm am i actually playing the right game you know am i mm-hmm. in the right place should i maybe go to iRacing or something you know yeah and uh, like yeah i absolutely love that as well i absolutely agree and i i hope these upcoming games will take something from that because i think the community is insanely important is making their living and and also making the future of the game and i think they should listen more the community i think a lot of developers i'm um, all developers not only ones but all developers are very proud of their product yeah and they really can't take the negative or overall feedback and it makes the impact you know in a mm-hmm. i mean i'm not talking about sim racing also it's all other games as well yeah you know, like they're, they're obviously you're developed something you're proud of it and then you when somebody says you need to improve something you're like what the hell you know like i created this you know <laughs> and, how how, yeah. how important do you think modding is because mod- modding is uh, it, it's kind of kept a set of courser alive right without mods even things like content manager soul heli courser like it, it, all of these things that make ac so good all yeah. came from the community but of course the studios can't generate any income from the mods so how important do you think it is for the, the games that are coming out in the future to allow mods i think it's massively good like maybe i would do it a little bit like if you have an apple store like the app needs to be certain like 
parameters and they have to approve it. So I think it would be similar with the mods because sometimes people release every crap they create, right? Mm. But you have like insanely good mods that are actually better than the game, you know, like or improve yeah. the game like Soul for AC1. Yeah, like it's incredible. It's game change. It's a completely new game, you know, like and stuff like that. And Air Factor One was basically built around the modding community. And then Astro Corsa 1 basically took over from Air Factor 1 or even Air Factor 2, right? The Astro Corsa 1 community took over. And I think the modding is definitely, definitely good. Like, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm not the person that uses every kind of mod and try every kind of mod. Mm. But if you look what kind of mods exist for AC1, it's unbelievable. And yeah. As you said, it's obviously taking money away because the licenses and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I, I think in a certain area, it should be working with the future games, 100%. Cool. So we have to do some racing. We've got a set of course are both loaded up. But before we do, I just want to ask one more question. What do you, what do you, uh, when you're not sim racing, what do you game? What do you game? Is that, is that a sentence? What does I one mean, game when he's not sim racing? What do you play? I have like an on off stuff. You know, like I, I basically have like a thing when I'm streaming and doing videos, I need to keep myself not burn out. I have like a cycles, you know, like, so I have like cycle where I, for example, two, three months, I don't play anything apart from sim racing. Mm. And then I have like a two month cycle when I sim race and a little bit less. And at the same time, I'm addicted to some sort of game, you know? <laughs> so uh, what kind of game? What, what kind of game do you like? Whatever, whatever, basically I can play with friends. Like for two years ago, it was like Escape of Tarkov. Nice. Uh, a few years ago, it was Fortnite. <laughs> uh, I think last year it was Valheim and stuff like that. And for the past two weeks, I'm playing World of Warcraft. I never played it before. Oh, nice. And for the past two weeks, I'm playing World of Warcraft. And I'm looking forward for Christmas to play with my friends the Valheim. It's like a nice. survival game. Yeah. I've been uh, I've been uh, doing a lot of uh, Sea of Thieves recently. It's a nice game where you oh, can yeah, just yeah, 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 there's yeah, a couple yeah. of you just jump in, you just go and do some adventures, and then at the end of it, it's fine. <laughs> there's no there's no sweating, there's no stress. Yeah. It's just a and it, and it's like a beautiful looking game. So yeah. you've chosen. In fact, tell us what you've chosen to race tonight. Oh, we've chosen a Bart. Yes, because it's like a default car in a game. It was actually a racing edition, but if you're driving the normal edition, I, I noticed on the server. <laughs> yes, <laughs> instead of the race car, we are driving the road car. We are. It's it's, and, it's got a lot of character. This car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we are in a Mazzione, which I this that was the demo track for Asuka Corsa One, if I remember correctly. That is a cool uh, fact. I did not know. That is yeah, very yeah. cool. It's like I probably never did a single online race on this track because it was demo track and after release everybody was playing Mugello and stuff like that. So Well, thank you very much for for joining us. This has hey, been it was a pleasure. It's been, been so much fun. This has been so good. Um yeah, I really appreciate you giving up your time, especially after your incredibly busy schedule this weekend. Absolutely for all guys. It's been good. It's been fun. It's been fun to talk about the story. It's been fun to race the uh, the Arbas around. So thank you for coming on the show. Is there anything you want to say to anyone listening on Spotify, Google, or Apple Podcasts? Just thank you so much for <laughs> listening, guys. And I hope you enjoyed our talking about everything. And uh, hope to see you in the next episodes in the future as well. And make sure to leave a like and download from Crypto. Oh, thanks. <laughs> thanks for the plug. Well, that was just what I was going to do. <laughs> so I don't need to anymore. So in that case, I'll just say thanks to the sponsor, Track Racer, that again, because I keep wearing a jumper at the beginning because I walked through Newcastle, which is cold, and I'm like, oh, I keep my jumper on. And then I race and I sweat into the Track Racer rig. So thank you for Track Race, uh, to Track Racer for giving me a rig to sweat into every Sunday night. This has been great. And we'll see you all in the next episode. Thank you very much. Hey, this is Chris from Gridfinder. 
Thanks for listening to the Sim Sundays podcast. Head on over to gridfinder.com to find your spot on the grid and join sim racing leagues for all your favorite games. Just enter your preferred game, car of choice, then let us know if you'd like to race PC, Xbox, or PlayStation, and we'll give you a list of actively recruiting leagues for you to join. And if you're a league owner, post your league on Gridfinder so that you run with a full grid for every race. If you're looking to upgrade your sim rig, visit the episode sponsor Track Racer at trackracer.com. Thanks for being here.